This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, and welcome to the Monday Twilight Show with me, Hannah Wilson. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about all things Inset Day. How have your first day gone, or your couple of days? How far are you into your inset? So, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly inset days. So, do join in. Feel free to message or call in and join the chat. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. Good afternoon. Hello, Vicky. Thanks for calling in. Now, I know for a fact that you've been busy on an insert day today. I am. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? I've got new headphones because I frantically have somehow misplaced my other ones. So I'm hoping you can hear me like normal. Yeah, no, they they sound great. Yeah, yeah. Hectic day. Ended up doing two slots today. Always good fun. How, How do you find insets? What's your like kind of opinion to it? Do you look forward to it or are you always a bit like, oh, there's... Uh, a lot to get done in that time or there's a better use of my time no definitely I think it's a really good use of time I think especially being like a senior leader it's there's not enough time our time is so precious isn't it in teaching and we have so much to do that having that time that I can actually get across some of the things we're being asked to do um, with a school from you know where it may be from the dreaded O word people having visited or um, other people or a mat side of things. And it's good to have time set aside that we can actually get that work done. It's it's that opportunity to all be together as a whole. I think that's it's quite rare in teaching that you're all there together. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And I think especially like in September, there's so much information uh so i'm i work on the so i'm um senior lead for the disadvantaged pupils so so much information hap- is happening more and more over the summer holidays there's so much more we need to update staff around in september and that's the thing isn't it there's a lot of important information to kind of pass on and it and it's a really difficult balance because you've obviously got you might have new staff that need to take in more information as well as old staff or ECTs so it's a really difficult balance to kind of deliver it to everybody and kind of keep them engaged definitely and we we've had um as most schools have got new staff in September so we now actually tend to do an induction day 
on the Friday, which I think a lot of schools do, to try and give new staff that head start. Otherwise, they're sort of coming in on that inset day and there isn't really time anymore to gradually ease people in at the beginning of September because there's so much information and so much to do, isn't there? And that's the thing as well, because you want you need to do everything as a whole as a school, but then you kind of need the time to work it out and how to implement it and best suit it in your department as well. And then as your individual teacher needs on top of that, it's just quite a it's a lot to do and a, a difficult balance, I think, getting the right inset. Absolutely. And giving staff that time for preparing themselves as well and preparing the rooms and getting themselves and the last few bits in place and everything so they feel confident for when the students come in. And I think that's it, isn't it? Like a good inset day can properly set you up for the year and make you feel prepared and ready to go and that everyone's on the same page and the year's going to go well. Whereas a bad inset, you can feel really unorganised, unprepared, not ready for things to kind of go into place and that like perhaps there's not a like a clear cohesive digit across the school and you can kind of almost go into like your first day quite nervous. So I, I think it can really kind of set a tone as well. I'd absolutely and I think it's important as a like a team building exercise as well. I think we're so busy as teachers now there's not many times we come together as a whole staff like you were saying earlier and um so I think a lot of schools try and make sure that they put on some sort of lunch so everyone can come together on those inset days and to me that's as important as as the messages you're delivering because you know schools need to be a team we need to support each other with everything we go through. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Because obviously your staff haven't necessarily uh, seen each other for a while. So you almost want to have like a 10, 15 minute like tea in the, when they come in so they can have their chat and their catch ups and then don't then talk through you. And then also same with kind of lunchtime, that like give them opportunities for that relaxed kind of catch up and mingling and discussing of ideas. And also show you appreciate the staff by making sure you're putting on that teas and coffees. And we had some pastries this morning that went down really well. And um, our kitchen staff did it absolutely proud at lunch as well. And I think that also helps staff feel appreciated as well. Yeah, ours, ours, is, ours well-being had fed back that we kind of wanted healthier meals when we, because quite often it was chips and something else on insects and stuff. Like, no, we, we want more, sat, like, we're all quite a healthy bunch. So we had a lovely, uh, we had lovely, like, kind of coronation chicken and some ham and some potatoes. And we had lovely salads as well. And it went down really, really well this year. <laughs> so some well-happy fed stuff were good stuff. <laughs> I, I always think whatever trend you go on it, you actually judge it by how good the food was. Yeah, and it's that that thing if you if you're because it's always a little maybe a slightly earlier start if you haven't got kids to get back into the routine of going back to work, but it can um, kind of be quite nice to go in and have that not be on an empty stomach and kind of settle in and have your cup of tea and listen to the first bits the the updates per se. Yeah, I always think it's it's a really difficult thing as well from a senior point of view because you're trying to timetable the day and you're very it's very easy just to say right well I you know and everyone's saying well I want an hour on teaching and learning I want an hour on behaviour I want an hour on send I want an hour on pupil premium but you've got to also consider people can't just sit and be talked at just like we wouldn't we could we can't you know students struggle to be sat and talked at we would always want to break up a lesson we have to do the same and think about that from a staff point of view as well because like you say especially after the summer holidays 
the likelihood is most of them, they're, um, it's the earliest they've got up in some time, hopefully, if they haven't got too many young children. If they, you know, they, their eating habits might be, I always worry about my stomach rumbling on an inset day because I've not been, I've been used to eating when I want to eat. All those things have got to be taken in into consideration. So, you know, we did plan quite a few like breaks and changes and things today. Uh, whereas myself was very unorganized that I completely forgot my water bottle because obviously normally I would have that with me glued to me at work but over the summer I haven't but the only water bottle I had in my car was my child so I took little man's water bottle and sat there and drank that all day which everyone found highly entertaining. (laughs) I thought I reckon that was a good talking point though. Yes, yes, it lightened the mood a bit. And I think that's the thing with insert. There's a lot of information, but it's important that it, it's a positive and happy experience. You don't want to be kind of spoken to. And like you said, with the with the different sections, there's something that um, my school, I think, did particularly well today um, is that it was very consistent across it. So we had a bit on behaviour and then we had a bit on teaching and learning, but it, it linked in. And then we had the kind of Senko come in and be like, actually those things don't necessarily work for our special needs kids but this is the way that you can adapt it for them and it and it was it was great to see that they had obviously conversed and it and it flowed and linked and and worked and I think that's the thing as well if you can get a senior leadership that kind of can show consistency across it that helps with the buy-in to staff as well. Absolutely. And if you want staff, if you want a consistent message in in a school, you've got to start that right at the top, haven't you? Sort of lead from the front. And I think that's it, isn't it? You've got to have everyone on the same page, everyone doing the same bit and everyone kind of understanding the information and what they're meant to do with it. If you kind of give them too much information and don't make it clear, it's really difficult to kind of show that and 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 if you don't have the it it then makes it confusing for the kids if if the staff are all doing different things then it makes it confusing and and like you said you've got a lot of information in terms of what kids needs and new things that have kind of come up over the holidays and things and especially with lots of transition from six to sevens you've got a whole new load of kids with a whole new load of problems and support that's that's required there's a lot of information to kind of transfer over but if you can get that over the staff are just going to benefit from it and their lessons are going to go easier it's it's getting them to understand that that's important but doing it in a way that actually engages them rather than kind of chatting at them yeah and we we were able to like incorporate today in that section like staff asking questions and like um I'm quite relaxed when we do it so like some of the heads of years or tutors might be able to sort of join in and add things but that also helps break it up because you know there's different people around the room are contributing so that's always good I like that when when different people kind of contribute with what works and it's like so today they were talking about an ELA student that's particularly anxious and and somebody else said well I sit them with this person that solves their anxiety and I was like I was like right I'm making a note of that because I didn't teach that child last year Uh, and I think it is that opportunity for us to share and collaborate um will engage staff as opposed to being kind of just told loads of information you if you can get staff involved and get them sharing their kind of ideas it's going to go better yeah we had um one of one of the guys who was presenting today as well he had found a really powerful um youtube clip as well which i'll I'll send you separately han which just sort of reminded us why we're doing what we're doing and um and that was a really good thing as well and 
and it was like a TED Talks thing. And but at the end of it, it was so powerful. Lots of people were in tears, and and it was absolutely silent. And he said, like when we were talking afterwards as a leadership group afterwards, he said, I almost didn't want to talk because it had been such a powerful message. And but it was a positive, powerful message. You know, it's about the differences that teachers can can make to young people's lives. Um, but that was good as well, you know, mixing it up and using lots of different media. Yeah, different media is really important. And that sounds like a great video. We had a very different video. We had a quite a patronising video trying to show us examples of, of cold calling. And to be it didn't go down overly well. And everyone was kind of like, they were like, try and find the positive. Everyone was like, uh, there was nothing positive about that. Like it was, <laughs> it was, it was so generic. And uh, what did they say? Instead of like getting, instead of saying getting the kids to tr- look at them, it was like track me, track me. I need everyone to track the person that's speaking. And it was, it was everyone's like, what? and they were they were trying to give them tasks, and they were like, you've got one minute and fourteen seconds. And we were just like, why, why are you giving four? Like it was just, you've got to know your audience, and you've got to pitch it right. I get that they were trying to show that across and obviously that's something that's been passed down to them to use as an example but and that makes it difficult in terms of if you're in a trust and you're being kind of given resources to use but you've got to know your audience especially when you've got a wealth of experience in the room you you can't be patronizing with the kind of things you're showing you've got to inspire them yeah definitely definitely on the flip side we had an exceptional one by Arsenko, which you might like and i might have to send you um it was all about different learning styles and um we've just just created a house system so uh, and all each house has a different senior leader member in it and then all the staff are divvied up along with the students um so she uh, described the different needs of the, of the senior leadership and then gave them an envelope and sent them back to our table and we had to remember these different words. And we had, how was it? Four, eight, 12, there were, um, 16 words to remember, but we were all given different envelopes and they were all based on different needs and how much scaffolding they got. So our table, unfortunately, got the most amount of scaffolding. So we were like, we won, but we were like, actually ours was just really easy. So we had, <laughs> uh, we had instructions down the middle. So there were 16 pictures. There were uh, four from each color. There was one animal, one uh flower one like natural setting and uh one i can't remember what the other one was surrounding um and we had to remember them so for it we're like i still remember it we had uh, i had sunflower sun lemon and uh duck were one of them and then it was like the same but in different colors so ours was really easy to remember and majority of our table remembered all 16 in the time limit that we got the next table just got the pictures no words and no instructions so they were a little bit closer the next table had them in alphabetical order so they were no like weren't grouped together in any way um so they didn't do as well and then the uh, next table were in alphabetical order without the names so they didn't realize they're in alphabetical order because if you didn't know what the picture was you didn't quite necessarily had the same name and the last one was just the words no pictures and they were all kind of jumbled up different fonts and stuff like that and they really struggled to remember them and it was like it was this great kind of cpd because everybody was really engaged everybody there was that kind of teachers that's all secretly deep down were all a little bit competitive um (laughs) 
and also it's that kind of we'd all been sat around and kind of what listened to a lot of people talk to us but this was our opportunity where we actually got to engage and do something and it and it and I don't think we didn't necessarily know quite what we were doing until it was explained to us at the end but it was great fun and I think it's important to have that fun aspect with as long as it's got a point That's really good. Yeah, no, send me some more details about that. I'll uh, I'll swap you the video. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a trade. We'll do a trade. Um, but yeah, so have you got another inset tomorrow? No, we've got year sevens in tomorrow and then whole school on the Wednesday. Because I do find it interesting that everyone does different things. So we've yeah. got another inset and then we've got full whack on uh, Wednesday. So I start with three year nine lessons. So um, that's... Wow. Uh, a fun way to start at the start of the year. I'm going to have to be on my A game for that one for sure. But um, is there anything you would put? I, I know uh, Tom's got a show uh, later in the week. They do one at the end of the year of Room 101, thing you would put in there for teaching. But I think we should have one on tonight's show about kind of inset 101s. What would be the one thing you would get rid of uh, on insets that you would ban and wouldn't allow? Too much sitting around Too being talked Completely. <laughs> And what would be your thing that you would want to include? Uh, interaction. Interaction. I agree. I think that I think they're. Uh, I think if you can get staff to interact, then just the engagement's better, and and the me- memorising it as well, remembering the experience is is going to be better, as well. Um, I know you've got to run. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> so I'm, sorry. I'm doing uh, my no. thing to chill out from from teaching yes go and like if you haven't listened to vicky's been on my show uh where we did spring into well-being so if you want to find out our tips about uh well-being do pop back in through the archives and find that good one um and i hope you have a good rest of your first week and you too hannah have a great evening and you bye bye so another one that people quite often do is um to make it a little bit fun, maybe inset bingo. Maybe you've had this round your department, uh, but not necessarily with senior leadership knowing. It can be a fun one that maybe you include within your department or with your friends to make it more interesting. But I definitely think there's an element of key words that have to go in. I've, I've written my few down from today. So my um, kind of bingo words for today these were the ones that I had on my list so tick them off if you have had this on your um inset day today I've got down culture so if you somebody said culture today then uh that might be one of them if somebody said um embedded that would be another word um if somebody said progress that would be another word expectations i think that's another buzzword or vicky almost mentioned if anybody said the big o i know in fairness they had them right at the end of last term which was very very mean um so that's why they would have probably chatted about it today but i think generally teachers should avoid the big o word on the first day of term back if you are going into a school and they mention Ofsted straight off the bat then I think you perhaps need to just think about that school's aims um routine um de-escalation is another keyword or 
uh, Adam Boxer, who happened to be on one of my other shows, uh, do have a look back through the archives for that one. Uh, he was saying on Twitter about uh, inserts on trauma-informed practice. So did you have that one uh, today? I've added in trauma because I feel like there's a lot kind of being discussed about that in terms of we're now seeing the impact of the trauma of COVID and it's this bit of a buzzword. Are people delivering that properly? Is it being used correctly? I don't know. But is that a word that you have heard today? I wonder. Um, what else? So in terms of rather than buzzwords, these are, this is like my next level bingo. So have you had an inspirational quote today? Uh, what was I did like the one today. For me, we had Be Curious, Not Judgmental by Walt Whitman. So sometimes they can be good, good quotes. So I think every insert needs an inspirational quote somewhere along the lines. Have you been sat on really uncomfortable chairs? Because <laughs> uh, I've been sat on those, the lunch tables with the tiny little circles. And then some of us swapped to plastic chairs, but we we're like, nope, that, that, that one's, that one's made the bum numb the other one made the back hurt and there was quite often in, in between we were standing up and doing a little bit of stretching and looked quite weird um uh, but highly uncomfortable chairs um i feel are an insert which like vicky said you've kind of almost got to get everyone up and going and having a walk because it is uncomfortable so make sure you're getting your stuff moving um have you used post-it notes today i've used post-it notes and we've written something up and we stuck them on the wall together uh so or put them on the middle of the table so have you done that um have you had some kind of staff interaction um my one today was actually really good like I'd, um, i spoke about earlier so i think um that one's quite important if it's done well or have you had one of these the outspoken staff member the staff member that puts their hands up and disagrees with something or question something or just has to have something said and put across i think we've all got one of those in this each school um what else um a good a good lunch or a good snack was the other one that, that vicky said that i i had on my my list of uh, things um so yeah, they would be my physical things of have have you have you had those happen today? Um, so have a think about what you would put, or feel free to comment if you can think of any other things that would definitely have to happen on your inset day whilst we just listen to the news. It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Uh, 
a wide range of media outlets have covered the ongoing issue of reinforced autoclaved aerated concrete or rack and its use in buildings, including schools, leading to concerns around safety. The BBC reports that buildings at 52 schools in England were at risk of sudden collapse due to dangerous concrete. While safety measures have since been put in place at these schools, because the situation was deemed critical, more than 100 others have also now been told to close areas with the concrete. These buildings were previously thought to be at less risk. The new guidance follows the collapse of a beam that was thought to be safe. Head teachers are now making alternative plans just days before the start of the new academic year. Some pupils have been told they will be learning remotely, whilst others are being housed in temporary classrooms or even at other schools. The total number of confirmed schools affected in England is 156. The news has since triggered concerns in all three of the home nations. The Scottish Government said it was trying to establish how many schools contain rack, whilst in Wales investigations continue, although there have been no reports at present. The Northern Ireland DV said schools were being checked as a matter of urgency. Ministers in England have been facing media and having struggled to keep up with a range of questions being asked, including how fixing the issues caused by RAC will be paid for. Opposition MPs have pointed out that schools themselves already have issues with funding and that local authorities have seen cuts in recent years, so finances may not be there at a local level. The DfE has also faced criticism for not publishing a list of schools affected, although it defended its actions, saying parents should hear direct from the school itself, at least at first. A school in Southend, which caters for pupils with physical and learning difficulties, has contacted the BBC to outline the significant challenges it is facing, as the closure of its main building means staff and pupils cannot access essential special equipment. Whatever the outcome, it is certain that, for some pupils, this is the start of yet another unusual school year. Away from issues with buildings, Schools Week reports on plans to ensure all schools in England hold electronic registers which the Education Secretary will have direct access to. However, proposals to introduce thresholds at which penalty notices must be considered for unauthorised absences are paused. They were part of the currently shelved New Schools Bill. New rules are not expected to come into force until 2024 but it has been made clear that ministers see attendance as an area which must improve. More than half of parents who responded to the consultation on the plans for e-registers disagreed due to the possible punitive use of the data collected. Officials said it would be used to enable better early intervention. 92% of local authority workers and 85% of school staff who responded support the plan. The DfE will move forward with changes to simplify recording of attendance or absence. In total, 22.3% of pupils miss more than one in 10 sessions in the 2022-2023 academic year. This is compared to 22.5% in the year 21-22, despite significant government intervention. Prior to the pandemic, these rates sat between 10 and 13%. The TES reports that a group of watchdogs, including Ofsted, are jointly to carry out targeted inspections in schools where there is a risk of pupils being exposed to serious violence or exploitation. The inspections will happen in six unnamed local authorities, 
and examine how police, social services and health services tackle serious youth violence. The focus will be on multi-agency interventions and could include interventions in schools, parks, shopping centres or specific streets where young people may be at risk. The team will include representatives from Ofsted, the Care Quality Commission, HMI of Constabulary, HMI of Probation Services, and each team will be led by an Ofsted Health and Social Care Inspector. Where a school is involved, they will be asked to show they have effective systems to identify children at risk of or subject to serious youth violence and children who are missing from school. The inspections will end in May next year. Full details of the report can be found on TES online. Finally, The Guardian reports that LEGO is to begin selling bricks coded with Braille to help blind and partially sighted children learn to read the touch-based alphabet. The Danish makers of the bricks have made specialist versions tested and developed by blind organisations across the globe. The bricks have been sent to a selection of schools free of charge since 2020, but now they will be available more widely. LEGO hopes the initiative will help parents, siblings and others share in learning Braille and to encourage play interactions between sighted children and visually impaired friends. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. So I'm going to have a little uh, read through of an article that I was reading. This is by uh, irisconnect.com. So this was written by Katie Herbert Smith um, in March 2023. So it's just talking about kind of seven questions to ask yourself in terms of like prepping through inserts. So, and I think it's important that as senior leaders that we we're doing the right inset and it, and we're aiming it and doing it. Number one, what are your aims and objectives for today? So, and it, it is essentially just like planning a lesson when you plan an insert day, you need to make sure that it's fit for purpose and that it is clear and hits the objectives for what the staff want and I, th- I think it's one of those things that it's really Im- just like we have student voice I think it's really important that we have staff voice and I think it's worth at the end of the year take it with a pinch of salt in the fact that your staff are tired and exhausted and have worked very hard but I definitely think it's worth getting um sending out a form and getting a, a feedback on your staff so when you do plan your inset for September you really have kind of an idea and you're not missing it if you're not on the ground enough like if you're not teaching lots and you're not chatting to staff and really getting that feedback of what school is like um just really make sure you're getting that voice and especially get to the furthest reaches get it to your support staff your cover supervisors your part-time staff because also you need to think about that as well in terms of uh, how your inset goes, uh, you might have lots of part-time staff and they might miss really key points. And how do you make sure that they're on the same page? Because having that collaborative process and making sure everyone is on the same page is going to be what makes your school succeed. So think about how you're going to get your message across to even those that aren't there on inset. The lucky devils enjoy the sunshine a little bit longer. I've got a couple of those that I was a bit jealous of in my department today. Also make sure that you're thinking about who's going to lead it. So obviously you've got your senior leaders, but they might be delivering quite a lot and that your staff might be quite used to them kind of talking at them. Maybe sometimes the best actual insets are when you get get your middle leaders involved and get 
people to share good practice so do and also it's like a boost for the colleagues as well so if you're finding people that are doing really great work and getting them to deliver that some of the training and show examples and share even if it's like literally five minutes um it can really boost their morale and and also just offer something a little bit different and and so it's great to use your staff don't feel like you as senior leaders have to do it all obviously there's obviously the cost if you get somebody in from outside um to be fair my school has never got anybody in from outside to do um their training since i've been there and i've been there five years so it's possible to do it without it maybe that's not something you want to spend your money on but it can be if you get the right person it can be right but like i said earlier make sure that you're thinking about the fads and and make sure that it's it's right for your school and not just a buzz trend Think about where you're going to host it so the right environment so obviously don't make it too hot or too cold um make sure that um you've got um easy access if people need to quickly leave to go to the toilet make sure you've got correct toilet breaks come on uh, we're not back into teaching yet we, we we're not quite trained to hold on <laughs> give us a few weeks and then we'll fly back into it um and things like sure maybe you've got some pens and papers and stuff and like we said teas and coffees for the start of the day uh, can really set the tone uh, what activities will you include so um like our students we wouldn't want to talk to them for an hour so think about what you, how you can mix it up like we said the interactive activities are really good but maybe actually breaking that up and putting them into powerpoints or, or making sure that goes in the middle um can break it up and be really good and and for us like like i was saying about our session earlier so that was the point where we all split up and moved into our houses so we actually sat with different people and it was it was nice to get out of our department bubble and mix with other staff and i think that's important to do as well make sure that you're mixing your staff groups up and that everyone's not sat in the same exact spot with the same exact people the whole two days of insets try try and mix it up in some way because uh, that can really help your staff and engagement make sure materials are engaging um so make sure they're relevant and interesting um and again like things like um back one of my very very early shows uh, i'm going through them all tonight um I had Eloise on who is a fellow colleague and we are both dyslexic and we talked about teaching with dyslexic uh, dyslexia and we really struggle on insert days especially when we're giving text to read and it's there and then we said that we both actually skip to the end and try so that we can have conversations about the end paragraph and make out that we've read it when actually we won't have um, just because we don't want to feel stupid so it's considering the needs of your staff just like you would do your students um, and if you're going to do reading or things like that, maybe email it out beforehand, but then have some physical copies there. So those stuff that might be like, oh, there's going to be reading. I'm going to sit and read that whilst everyone else is getting their coffee and make sure I'm, I'm all right. So do you think about things like that? How you make it enjoyable. So decent coffee breaks. <laughs> uh, like we said, times to catch up with each other. Make sure you've got enough chat time and lightheartedness and, and plenty of biscuits. Uh, which I agree with um, and also it's um, one of those does it need to be all day see I'm I'd, I'd comment in if you agree or disagree part of me says two days of inset is too much and actually it should be split up I, I feel like I'm quite controversial I feel like one day should be the last day before the summer holidays and one day should be on the first day back so that you have 
a bit of time to sort your room out, decamp, reflect on the year whilst you're in it. And that way, when you come back in September, you've got a nice sorted out room. You don't have to sort out all the mess from last year and you start afresh and you kind of, it's not too much overload and you're ready to go in September. But that's my opinion. So if you agree or disagree, and then feel free to comment in on that one. And then we've got tips for engaging your staff. Uh, make sure everyone who needs to be included is included. Um, so I've had we had a great one a little uh, while ago uh, where again it was it was the same lady who delivered the really good one today. Um, where again she was trying to explain different needs and different how distractions work. So she gave everybody in the hall. She went came around and told us and gave us little um, challenges to do while she was trying to present and she told us to do it. So me and another colleague were at the back and we were told to be really noisy and have a chat the whole time that she was presenting. So we did that from the start. Oh my gosh, the looks we were getting was horrific. I felt really uncomfortable. Somebody else was on their phone. Somebody else was tapping their pencil. Somebody else got up and walked out in the middle. And these were actually all planted things. And at the end, she explained that all these things happened and she wanted to know how distracted and how difficult she found, people found it with the low level disruption. Um, so some things like that can be really good fun, although I, I was really uncomfortable with the death stairs uh, that I was getting. But um, make it can be nice to include your staff and it not just be SLT talking at you um, make it relevant. So make sure, like I said, that it's actually what your school needs. It's on your school improvement plan uh, and thinking all the way back to kind of um, putting evidence into work, a school guide to implementation. If you haven't read the Education Endowment Foundation page diagram that most people know about. So thinking about exploring what you need to do, make sure you're fully prepared. Don't go into an inset not being prepared, uh, deliver it, and then you've got to make sure it's sustained. And I think it's important that your staff know how you're going to sustain it. How are you going to be wanting to see those things? How are you going to be tracking it? How are you going to be inviting people to show examples in future? How are you going to continue it on future insets or twilights? Um, so it's really important to make sure it's got longevity and it's not like a I'm just going to tell you about this today and then we're going to forget about it like that how are you actually wanting to see people do it and how are you going to look for it um variety of activities uh personalize the learning uh encourage collaboration use technology make it fun and provide food and drink I'm starting to think that's the way to a teacher's heart is having food and drink as long as we're fed and watered we're good to go um so feel free to call in if you want to and have a chat about uh your best and worst insets um i'm going to talk about one that's happened more recently is that uh we've had one where they've encouraged us to do what students do so if we should be doing the same thing as them so one of them is we've, we've been doing retrieval um quizzes on the different things that we've been learning about uh, like Roche and Shine and things like that so um and I found that really uncomfortable um because I wasn't prepared for it and I was like oh gosh summer holidays I completely forgot or I couldn't I, I missed one of the twilights because I was off sick and I don't really know them that well um and it's it for me i found that quite difficult but the, the 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 other flip coin of that is that it was cold calling so they were calling out answers uh for people to um give 
their answers after from the sheet and i was just like head down look at the paper avoid eye contact because again like if you look um if on that teaching with dyslexia show that i did um it's just that fear of being asked to speak out loud i found quite difficult um so i was like please don't pick me please don't pick me but the irony was today is that she picked the headmaster and he did exactly the same as what we all did and we was absolutely flustered absolutely panicked had a complete gonna kind of I don't even know whether I've written the right thing down kind of moment. Um, and it just shows that we're all a bit human. And actually, like sometimes when we put us, I, I get the point of it. The point of it is that we shouldn't ask our students to do anything that we wouldn't do. But also we've got to think about, actually, we're making our students do quite hard things. It makes us uncomfortable. I do think it's important to make ourselves uncomfortable because uncomfortable situations make us grow and things like that. But um, yeah, that was quite tough having that i don't know whether uh other people's opinions on on kind of getting staff to try strategies or act them out i do think the oracy ones are good i've done an oracy um inset day where we were given lots of different tasks to try <laughs> i feel like i'm just plugging all my shows today i have got an oracy show with an oracy lead edwina harvey um a couple of months ago where we talked about um and there's some great little techniques in there about oracy and I think that's quite a nice one because you kind of can get the flow of how you ask the students to kind of do that paired work or group work by doing it yourself and that was kind of quite fun and you could see how different techniques could work for your subjects and I think that's an important thing on insert is that if you're going to give uh, people new strategies to try you need to think about how you're going to adapt, how they work for all the subjects, because you might be an English specialist and be like, well, this is what we're going to do. It's really easy. Um, but actually, you're not thinking about how that's going to apply to art and drama and PE. And you need to think about how you're able to do that and how that will work. So if you if you are presenting, make sure you've got examples from other subjects and you've got a range of subject examples, um, but also kind of give your them little moments of time to be able to trial them and test them out and have a group discussion within their departments about how those kind of things could work within um a department if that makes sense i think that's important to think about how it can if you can get teachers to engage with how it's going to work for their practice they're they're more likely to continue it on um and take it further um what else have I got on my list of things <laughs> death by powerpoint if you are a senior leader and you are just reading off a powerpoint then I think um then you need to rethink your strategy granted it's it's good to have the information on on the powerpoints for those people those part-time people uh that are um missing out is great to have it on there but don't read from it don't just read from it um and same as also consider how much information you've got on your powerpoint specifically for the people sat at the back of the hall um there was a lot of squinting i don't know why i always sit at the back because i know i can't see it um but yeah we could not read it today um some of the parts so uh, I know we'll get sent the PowerPoint out after, but again, if you're going to do stuff and you're going to put information on a PowerPoint, send it out to your staff beforehand so they can have it on their computers in front of them and be re be able to read it at the same time you're discussing it. I think that's um, quite a good strategy as well. But if you are on a computer, try not to get too distracted and make sure you're listening. Um, although 
yeah, it's difficult if you've if you've been through a lot of inserts and you've heard it all before. Welcome to the show. What's your what's your best inset thing that you've been involved in? Well, I think it's just a general theme. I think inset sessions are always best when there's loads of people involved and everyone's actually doing something rather than just sitting and listening. I mean, there's a there's a particular juxtaposition when you're listening to someone lecture you about how to teach and they're not imploring any of the strategies that they're talking about. Um and it's, it's, it's slightly sort of frustrating when you're, as you were saying, sitting through PowerPoints that you can't read, being told that you shouldn't cognitively overload your students. Meanwhile, <laughs> you're getting cognitively overloaded and you can't read what everything's saying. You haven't had a chance to move in two hours and, and you know, you just want a biscuit. But um, it, it, is, it is that, isn't it? It's the balance. It's, it's that balance of too much information delivered in, in a dull way or being really patronising and trying to get you to physically do all the tasks. It's finding that magical balance somewhere in between that kind of creates the perfect inset. Same as like if we had all kind of really interactive, quirky things, that might be a bit like, oh, this is a little bit much. It's it's that balance, isn't it, to a good inset? Yeah, I think there's also something to be said about subject-specific inset time. In the, yeah. I think... We, we do teach such diverse lessons in school in different subjects and it is very different from department to department and you can uh, average things across and there are similarities obviously but a, a teacher is going to have a very different experience teaching in different rooms and different with different cohorts but also the different subjects like an English teacher is not going to teach the same way as a catering teacher likewise a drama and a PE teacher might have similarities but also have a lot of differences and I think some of the best um, inset time I've spent is with with outside specialists who are coming in to talk about the subject that we're teaching and how to bring in some of these concepts to teach those subjects because that adds a lot of value. And sometimes I think, um, and I think it was brought up by certain educationalists recently actually, that th- there is a, a, a tendency amongst education to send one person on the course or one person does the research and then they disseminate that information further and further and further and you actually get further away from the original message than possible. And I think that, that was um, that was kind of the case with the, with the whole growth mindset situation with Carol Dweck. And actually she had to come out uh, and, and public say actually this is not quite what we meant it's been sort of distilled into something that it isn't and I think there is a risk sometimes with um, having senior leaders have read a book and then they're summarising their findings for a book and trying to create change and actually it might just be better to get everybody to do some required reading of that book to then see if they can apply things. And I think it's it's like you said I think if you even if you're going to bring a, a difficult concept or, or discuss something in quite length, then give people the time in their departments to kind of discuss how that would look. But I also think it's really important to kind of bring that back in and then get those departments to almost share examples of what they think would look like or what they came up with. And I think that's the bit that sometimes missed off the end that it's like, right, this is what we're going to do. Now go off and discuss it. And it's like, actually, we need to, because then if you get everyone to come back and say, well, this is how we interpreted it for our subject, and this is what we think it looks like, then then if you're getting every subject to kind of do that, you can make sure that everyone's on the same page and everyone's not got the wrong end of the stick. If, if you kind of just let everyone go, okay, off you go, I trust you, um, then that's when it 
perhaps dissipates and doesn't quite get the correct kind of target that it was aiming to hit. Yeah, I agree. And equally, I think there's a slight issue with when um, you have senior leaders who have a, a much lighter, if any, teaching tool um, sort of talking to you all about teaching when some of their reference points may be slightly out of date. Um, because we all know how, how much teaching's changed since COVID and, and the increased issues. And our senior leaders aren't unaware of that, but maybe haven't faced the same challenges in the classroom. But I think it's interesting because it's always nice to talk with colleagues from different departments and actually we can all learn a lot from each other and how everybody does something different. And I think sometimes we need to reflect on the practices that we are having before we have these sessions, because like you were saying, cold calling seems to have been this thing that's been brought up and it does get to a point where you think, well, I'm doing it. Why are we doing the same almost introduction to cold calling each time? Yeah, it's 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 the the reiteration, isn't it, to try and make sure everyone is. And it's that balance, isn't it, of new staff, old staff, part-time staff. But but you have to deliver it in a new way each time, really, to keep people engaged. Yeah, I think there's a there's a certain. I mean, I I know some schools do, and and our school does a bit too. But like a new staff briefing, where we where they go over those things to make sure they're refreshed and up to date. But I think there's there's something to be said about developing techniques and taking them a step further rather than just reiterating them i think when we just reiterate we lose a, an opportunity to as you say share amongst colleagues and actually develop further and, and push further for for excellence rather than just continuing to push for that first step and then push for the first step on something else rather than actually put some time into that development it's that actionable kind of development that's and also it's 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 great to kind of bring in a concept and be like, right, this is what our school is going to do. But it's also making it personal to your school because you could you can watch videos and see how other people are doing it. But like we had on on Inset today, the, the, the staff were like, that's not that's not how we teach. We're we're not going to be like, you have to look at us. You have to make eye contact because that might not work with the SEN kids. And also the, the, the example video, I think, had seven kids in it. And we're like, well, we teach class of 30. So that's not what our class is going to look like. They're not the kids aren't going to track each other and turn around and and look at each other. We're lucky if they sit and stare at the front, but they're great kids and they will come up with great answers because we're really good at the way we ask things. And we don't ask things in a generic drilled in, this is what you must say kind of way. We're we're good as a staff of really getting to know our students and engaging them. And that's why we get good results in. And I think it's important that we're not kind of drawn into them. This kind of, this is how it has to look. This is kind of the way it has to go. And it has to be this script because I think the ch- every child's individual and it's important that we have the flexibility to adapt it, but also that the teachers are all kind of delivering the same bit. So there is that continuity across kind of classrooms, but also that we understand our students and we that we're trusted that we know them. Yeah, I think that is interesting because I, I think an interesting word to, to relate to that is creativity. I mean, we want some scripts and some and and communal language and continuity between classes for students. But there is a value to the creativity that a teacher can bring to the classroom, the uh, creativity to the explanations they may give. Our, our talents often within teaching lies within our explanations and our being able to relate to the students these difficult concepts and 
it's we don't relay the difficult concepts to every student in our class in the same way and we don't want to take away that individuality and at the same time I think inset days can be hugely beneficial when they leverage the creativity of different teachers to show off and almost group learn how to improve altogether because there'll be many people within the, the any staff body who are doing training in different ways whether they're doing mpqs whether they're doing masters or whether they're just doing their their own professional development on their own or they may have read a book that they think they might want to, to bring something to the table and i think we often joke about the the food and the the teas and the biscuits on inset day but the reality is is a lot of the big developments that happen in the world actually happen around those moments and and the big developments happen in those moments i mean one of the american um space shuttles they decided how to uh sort out how the the side shuttles came off because of a water cooler conversation that somebody had because they were frustrated they wanted to walk it off they went to get a drink and they were just having a chat with some people around the water cooler and it's just a simple example about how that space shuttle wouldn't have made it to space and, st- and landed safely but if you think about our teaching, if we don't have those conversations around whilst we're having a chat with different departments, we lose a vital opportunity. So it's kind of funny that we all joke about food and things on, on inset day and teachers needing coffee and, and these various different things. But I think it's important to value the conversations that are had over that and that the the conversations and the, the bonds between staff that then mean when you go go to find the relevant person later on in the year, you've already built up a relationship with that member of staff to then ask difficult questions i'm i'm not one to to chat whilst people are talking but i do find that when like things are being delivered and i'm like oh that wouldn't work for me i'd have to do it this way those little little things that pop into my head they're the bits that are like this is how it's going to work for me like and it, and it is those kind of it's somebody else going oh that wouldn't work and then i'm like oh but what about if you did it this way and then they're like oh yeah that would work and i think you've got you've got to allow those gaps for people to do that otherwise they're going to do it whilst you're talking because if you talk to somebody for an hour <laughs> that, that is but you need to have those like little bits where people are allowed to have those little discussions of of what it means because i think us as humans isn't it like when we're given information we all process it slightly different we all view it slightly differently and especially when we're all in different subjects like just having that little kind of oh i don't know about that and then somebody be like oh but i think that could work like this and and they're the bits that flow and engage it and and make teaching really great yeah, but it's like anybody being given anything that's one size fits all. The first thing they, they do is try and work out how it's going to work for them. And I think that's a natural sort of position to take. And if, if we, as you said, if we don't give time for people to sit and work out how it's going to apply to them, then actually it becomes completely valueless because they don't apply it to them at all. You, you either give people the time to do it or they won't do it. And because... If somebody's got an inset day when they're coming in and they're doing all this and they're taking an hours and hours and hours worth of training, you have to expect them at some point to need time to process it the same way we expect of our students. I mean, the basics of teaching don't change for whether you're teaching teenagers or adults. And so to discredit that part and just stand and lecture at staff is when it really, really goes wrong. And I think that's the thing that, that teaching and learning, you have that opportunity to make things quite 
kind of open to interpretation but obviously there's like the safeguarding stuff that there's no fun easy way to deliver that that's just got to be done and then there's the other stuff like Vicky said earlier about kind of delivering the information about the new students the new cohorts the SEN needs and reminding staff where to find that you've got to give the staff time as well somewhere in the program to go and look at that go look at their timetables and work that out and know who those students are and I think that's going to benefit the students because if you give the staff the time and actually tell them that that you don't just go oh you've now got a free hour go do what you want because they'll go have a natter or maybe do some printing like if you say right you've got half an hour or an hour I want you to all go work out your the new year seven students needs for your groups and kind of what and look at what strategies are on their passports or what have you I think it's it's having that take up time for people to be able to apply it or and it, and it does apply in terms of the teaching and learning as well and the fact that you kind of go right this is what we're going to do now go kind of have a look at your lessons and work out where to do it because if you don't give them the time to to do it it's it's just never going to happen and as teachers our time is so full and more so since covid than ever before we don't have the time to implement things which is why i think a lot of the information from inset kind of gets lost because we're not having the time to put it in place yeah i almost wonder if if they'd be better if like in general schools would be better having a planning day as the first day of inset and then a week later doing an inset training on something because it's it's a very weird profession where we have a holiday and that you're expected to pretty much come in straight away and hit the ground running. I mean, if you said to most people, right, well, you're going to go on holiday and then you're going to come back and sit in training for two days and then immediately we expect you to present five hours worth of, of content that's engaging and meets all this criteria, people would say, you're mad, like, you're not... When do you expect me to plan this? And that's kind of exactly what actually happens, is we don't give people time for the planning and then we expect them to hit the ground running whilst taking on all the new content that we've presented to them in in inset days. So it definitely has to be a fine balance between remembering that staff are coming off a a reasonable break and they they should not have been doing work before the start of term. And so when are they they planning their next 40 hours worth of teaching, their next two weeks worth? When, When is that actually happening? Because it's not it's not in the half an hour you've given to them to go and do some printing. Ah, so there, there, there brings my uh, controversial concept earlier. Do you think inserts should be split? So we have one at the end of term and one at the start of term to give you the summer to kind of think about how you would use it and apply it or to at least have kind of given the staff the concepts that you're going to look at in September so that they're aware and can almost kind of come to the table kind of knowing what to expect oh i don't think either i, I think putting <laughs> one at the end of the term is just it will be painful for everybody involved i reckon they just have be a barbecue one. as long as you feed them it'll be fine <laughs> no, I, I reckon you have one right at the start of of term to give every one time to plan and i think you give people recommended reading at the start of the day yeah so that gives them time to read it over the week and then a week or two weeks later have a full inset day of training because i think by that point staff have got to know their classes for the year they've settled back into teaching and they're ready to then take in more information whereas at the start of them we hit staff with a new timetable full sets of class lists that they've now got to, to create seating plans for uh 
a minimum of usually two weeks to plan ahead for to make sure that they're ready to go. And on top of that, we want them to implement two days worth of new strategies in, in different implementations that they've got to work out with how it's going to work for their subject. I think it makes more sense to actually get staff planned and ready to go, teach a couple of weeks or a week, and then tell them about all the things that they want to develop because then they've known their classes, they know how to present it. Because otherwise, you just how, how do we expect everyone to take that much information? It's, it's I don't actually think it's feasible. Oh, I quite like that. So you kind of have a day where you kind of give them the information that you're going to look at as a little introduction, then give them their planning time for your seating plans, your SEN information, and then kind of maybe like halfway through the first half term or even just at half, just before half term, have a longer half term and have a day where you actually kind of review it and discuss it and people are read up and ready to go. Yeah, I think it's it's actually more reasonable in terms of uh, teaching load. And I think... Re- I'd be surprised if teachers didn't get more out of it because at the moment that a lot of the concepts being spoken about feel almost theoretical because we don't have our class lists in front of us. We don't have our yeah. sorted. We don't know what the classroom dynamic is. So we, we're talking about all of these techniques in a theoretical framework where we're saying, Oh, this could happen. And what about that? Whereas it would be more useful to know our classes and who's in front of us and actually be able to go back and say, okay, I've, I've, I've I know we were coming into this meeting talking about, for example, cold calling. I tried it with this class. I faced this problem. How? What do my colleagues have to recommend? What are some of the theoretical frameworks that I maybe need to be be following more? Or how can I develop that skill? Rather than, well, cold calling is this, and here's some things you might face. Right, and then you then then you're sat there thinking, well, I've got. I've got to get all of Wednesday, Thursday and Friday's lessons planned and sorted. I don't even know where my books are yet for my classes, so I need to go on a hunt for those. Yep. Or something's gone wrong with tech and I've forgotten my password. You know, there's so much to think about on the first two inset days of the academic year. And that's even for returning staff. If you think about how overwhelming it is for new staff, it's just survive. I don't think they're trying to remember anything from the two days <laughs> apart from get through it and find where all my stuff is for my classes. Yeah, some people do like an extra day where they put the... Because some people do the induction day at the end of the summer for new staff, obviously with the lighter timetables of the year 11s going. And some people like put it, would have had it like Friday for new staff and everyone else kind of joining now. But I I do completely get... It's a lot to get done in that small space of time. Maybe we need three inset days at the start, like a day of kind of two days of internet stuff and a day just to plan. But I like... Vicky's got it. They've just got year seven in tomorrow and then they've got um the rest of the school in i like the staggered starts i think it's mainly because i don't like (laughs) i don't like the fact that on wednesday i'm teaching a full day including three year nine lessons and then the day after i'm a full day and i think i've got two year nine lessons i'm just kind of a bit like oh my gosh what a way i've never had it like it start and be so full on straight off the bat um i normally always have at least one free or i think because the last few years have been staggered because of covid this is the first time where it's like oh full day straight off the bat having not taught for six weeks um and i've got to know all those kids i've got to remember all of their little quirks and i've got to get them in the right places in the right seats and remember their right needs um all whilst trying to find resources that haven't been unpacked because they weren't ordered and all the rest of it um it's I think phase return it's is a, lot. a brilliant plan. I don't know why schools didn't stick with it. Maybe an hours thing. But I think phase return is genius because it gives teaching staff a moment to get back into the flow of teaching. But it also gives 
pastoral staff a chance to deal with the intake of issues that always happens at the start and ends of any term. Like pastoral staff are going to go from zero to hero when they when they've got currently very little on that in front of them in terms of issues because obviously the students aren't in. I mean they still have issues running around, but you know not not those. But and then they go from that to all five year groups and the issues that come with that and new year sevens who haven't done their full first day yet and all those things. So I think um, actually phased returns, phased starts of terms, I think is a, is a brilliant idea that I'm surprised more schools haven't kept, to be honest. I'm, I feel like I would, I would be proper mean. Like I, I would quite like it to be that obviously our year sevens have a team building day like in I don't know if it's week one or week two where they all come off timetable and year tens come and help and it's and it's a lovely day it's beautiful it's great it's nice that they bond and all that stuff but I'm like whack that in on the first day so it's not disrupting the flow of my lessons let them have a fun first day then whack them with their like GL assessments <laughs> so get them over and done with at the start so I'm not fully teaching I'm just supervising uh, but I can teaching the other groups and then again it's not in like I think ours are programmed in like just before half term and I'm like that's going to really disrupt my lessons and disrupt disrupt my groups just get it all done with beforehand and and then go into learning and it gives us a little bit more planning time because we can plan whilst they're doing their assessments and I just think like I mean obviously it depends whether your schools do GL assessments a lot of trusts now do but I just feel like they're quite disruptive when placed here, there and everywhere. And actually, if you're going to do that kind of thing, do it at the start and and don't disrupt the flow of the lessons and have it whacked in. But I don't know yeah, whether that's mean of I me. This, <laughs> of this first half term, it does feel like running into a brick wall because you've had all this time to relax and and go to the loo whenever you want and you know, <laughs> all, like, all I'm, like, I'm gonna have that... to train my bladder again well it's, it's no joke is it so no. you've got to like really realistically actually think about it and then all of a sudden you've had all, all this time and then brick wall of five classes in a day maybe a duty at the end of that and you're intense you're intensely focused on obviously getting those classes through their their progress and through the mm-hmm. teaching but at the same time you're trying to You've got a whole bunch of new kids, so you're trying to work out all of their needs and make sure that you're accommodating them from day dot, if possible. And then at the same time, you've got all the new year sevens who are are a bit all over the place at the start of term, as are often the year 11s, to be fair. Um, and you've got all this going on, and you're trying to remember what, what was the inset day principle you were supposed to be implementing, <laughs> yeah. and what was the acronym was I were you supposed to have written down the acronym? Am I supposed to say the acronym or is yeah? It and, it, and it's do, do I need to tell the children about the acronym or not? Like, are, are we on the same? Are they allowed in on it or not? I find that quite interesting. I'm like, I quite often tell the kids. I'm like, I, I warned mine. I think uh, specifically my tutor group because they're year nines and they're difficult. Um, I'm, I'm not giving year nine much love tonight, am I? Um, but I remember last year being like, by the way school strategy is cold calling so you guys are going to hate it because it will make you uncomfortable but you've got to go with it don't shy away from it don't create an argument because you'll get detentions just don't say i don't know you just have a guess it's better to have a guess uh, they're not looking necessarily for you to be able to reel off an amazing answer because then they'll build on it and stuff but just to warn you you will be asked and i don't want it to come as a shock for you guys i want to warn you guys that this is what's going to happen in in your lessons and it's not just going to be me it's going to be across the school 
And I think sometimes, and I think that's sometimes something that's missed on inset is having really good conversations with tutors and the conversations they need to be having with their tutor groups and what their expectations are, because they're a really key part of, and setting the year out correctly because that's the worst thing if you go into your first tutor session and you haven't been sent the powerpoint and you can't go through like and remind them of stuff or you kind of know they ask questions but you kind of can't quite remember the answer to it i think having clear expectations with your tutor group is really good and a lot of a lot of people schools do that they move the tutor time to the first lesson of um at the start of term (coughs) And I, well, think I think that's we, quite a good one. To... Um, have we got that on the first day? Yeah. <laughs> I have not read that far ahead, but I do like I do like that as a strategy, and I think that's that's good. But I do think there needs to be more, and it, it needs to include everyone that's not in tutor groups or people that share tutor groups. I think it's really important that the kids are getting the same message. Like I quite like it when. Um, as a school we had a thing where we got the kids to get their phones out show that they were off and put them in their bag and they're meant to stay in the bag for the rest of the day now I'm mean because it's a love-hate relationship with my tutor group so I then make them all get them out of their bags at tutor time and if they're not getting them out of the bags I know that they've taken them out of their bags so they're <laughs> they get detention or and they have yeah. to show me that they're not off so I catch them out and sometimes I do and sometimes I don't and because I'm mean um, but I well, think it's an interesting question. That expectation you... across all all staff is really important. Have you ever had an inset day session on being a form tutor? No, that's what I mean. I never. I've there's obviously like a little bit where we gen like about half an hour when you have a general chit chat, like. But it's just a, a normal kind of tutor meeting of like, let's try and get less debits as a year. And we need to improve attendance. But there's nobody. I, I normally just get sent the tutor kind of powerpoint i never nobody really goes through that and be like this is what the expectation not or we do it as year groups we don't have it as a whole school so there's not that consistency so one head of year could be saying a different thing to another person and i think it's important that that's not missed on inside that i think the tutors is is the hub for getting behavior right and yes, it's that really important. Actually interesting. There was a there was a video I watched a while back with, and I'm I'm going to hope that I get the name right, Pritesh Raja, and he he is a science teacher. But the video was all about being a form tutor. Um, I think he's at one of the new ARC schools. I can't remember which one it is down in London, near London. And he was talking about how the warm but firm principle of of relating to his students and his form students, but actually what that looked like, and and gave examples and and spoke to the students about it and why it was being done that way and what the benefit to them was. And I think I actually took a lot away from that on how to improve my position as a form tutor. And it, it has paid off in, in with, with my form, who has some interesting characters. It's weird that form, forms, and this is the first, and form tutors are the first line of pastoral care. and But yet we just assume teachers know what they're doing with it we put a lot of effort into the teaching and learning of students but i think we're missing a beat with inset on how to get this right i i completely agree and especially since covid i think just behavior in general is not quite as good as it was pre-covid i think there's very much this nonchalant attitude from the kids that they just don't really care and they're not really fussed there aren't really big consequences so who cares um they'll do what they want and i think the person that has the best relationship with them and who can get the most out of them is generally their tutor. They're going to be the person that they see every day 
and that they can have those conversations with and that's where you can build them but that's where I think as well as a school especially if you get as the kids go through the school to have an opportunity where staff can almost like raise concerns like I'm having a real issue with this child and it seems to be across like multiple points of the school and have those conversations of right like because I know there's a kid in my school that I know people are having issues with because but it's because he's um got ADHD he's not fully been diagnosed but he's going for lots of hospital treatment to try and get there um but it's very obviously that but people are very much putting it down to behavior and I'm like this this kid like got such bad anxiety over getting the the debits that he stopped coming to school and I just had so many heart to hearts trying to get him to school to get him there but everyone's like oh he's just he, he he very much played the clown and wanted to be the cool kid but I'm like this kid lives for getting commendations because that's what his mum chats about it over the dinner table but like but other staff don't know that and it's and it's kind of like having those conversations as a whole as a whole kind of almost like because that's what we do in, in our year groups we go through the kids that are having issues that have the most amount of debits and we're like right what can we do but I find yeah, that it's really it's it, good but it's, it's stuck within that year group and it, it needs all the teachers on the same page yeah I mean a school at one point I worked in a special school and they had an interesting sort of situation where at the at the end of each year we we as all staff were required to sit down and write a mini profile for each student and actually at another school that I worked at a mainstream school we did a similar thing we wrote a couple of sentences about each pupil um which initially sounds like a, a labor of love um <laughs> but in reality it actually isn't because you sit down and you say oh this about this person this about that person you know this person needs this or this person needs that and what it just means is when you hand over the class to the next person and all the kids go in different directions that the member of staff that's taking over that group has a fighting chance i mean i remember seeing one thing about a student who and the note was something like um can be very combative but loves motorcycles i think that was the entirety of the of the, the note yeah so we're not talking about like reams and reams of writing which it's just a simple note that actually gave me an in because the student correctly was quite competitive and didn't want to do any learning and didn't want to get involved but a quick conversation about motorbikes and the student was doing it they were all into the different conversations about forces that we were having in science and that's just a small win i think sometimes we lose out on these small wins because they initially seem like a whole lot of hard work and at the end of the year i don't need to add anything to that note because the previous person pretty much summed it up i might add something for another student but a little bit of effort means everybody has an easier go and we're, we're all as one previous head teacher said we're all pulling in the same direction so i had a very similar thing ironically when i worked under d'souza um and a school that she was in charge of um and they called it challenge for all and we had every but we did it for every single we went to do it for every single class so for every single class we had uh, all the kids names and we had to write kind of things like strategies that we do to help them or things that we do to challenge them we had to have something written for every child and that was a, a labor of love like it took a lot of time to set up uh, for me to write it for all my classes and obviously every year you're going to have your new classes especially if you're in a subject which is everybody it was quite a lot of work 
but I really liked it and I liked updating it and we had them in folders on our desk so if other teachers came and covered our lessons they had that information to be able to apply it and it it was nice having it there on my fingertips I could flip through it I do find it a bit more difficult now it's all online and I get that that's quicker and easier but having to click through and find every kid individually like I, I, I definitely prefer a document that's got everybody all in one place, everything on it. And I think it's important, like the Senkos are great and they're amazing and they know those kids very well and they have lots of time with them, but it needs to have more of a teacher collaboration for it to be successful, I think. But my, the thing that went wrong at mine is that it, we all did it individually. We didn't, sh- we shared it across our department because we were like, why are we all doing this? Why are we all writing it? Why are we not sharing it? And actually they ended up, we ended up getting a new head in and it getting um, cancelled I was like, but I, I spent years working on that and I, so much time and I I loved it. And I get that they got rid of it for time purposes, but they just needed to make it a central thing that all staff wrote on and that we just had this bigger picture of our kids. And I think, because I do think, we've gone a bit off piece, but I do think that since COVID, the kids' behaviour is more difficult and the way to get the kids' behaviour back under is to really know our kids and know what makes them work because there's so many mental health issues there's so many different neurodiversities that it's really important that we are understanding our students and how best they learn because they learn very differently now to before covid and to circle it back to inset i think it's interesting that our our conversations about pastoral or send and things are often not they're not looking at that they're not looking at the collaboration between staff on these issues because to be honest a lot of the the conversations we could be having and and developing aren't necessarily for kids who are are notified by send for example they might just be students who are withdrawing they might just be for students who are um lacking in motivation to get started and, and may appear a bit lazy it might just need a note on the system to say as i had before this student works sometimes works late nights with the family and so may be tired first thing in the morning yeah. so circle back later in the day you know uh, it but using this type i think bringing it back to the inset is inset days need to be hugely responsive to to what the staff needs are and what the school needs are and i think we we almost have such a big hype at the moment around teaching and learning which is correct we really should do because we need the best things going on in the lessons for our students but we also can't negate the relationships we're trying to build with these students to get them there it doesn't work to have a faceless robot at the front doing amazing cold calling and amazing um explanations and amazing teaching if there's a student sat in your classroom who's feeling like the absolute pits for whatever reason so and us not having the skills or the understanding to know why that's happened so i think we need to I think in, in inset days, that has to be a consideration with, with how it works. Uh, ultimately, if we don't consider how we can embed that into staff training, I think that's when staff fill out of their depth. Because if you're a new teacher coming into into post-COVID teaching, you're going to be in a position where you might have absolutely spectacular training on how to on Rosenshine's principles and, all the, and teaching and learning, but you've got a form group in front of you who are all over the place and you don't know how to relate to them and how to to sort of get the ball rolling with them and that's when staff feel out of their depth and we and ultimately you don't want staff to feel out of their depth because then they're not doing their best work and i feel this links quite well in because 
I'm I'm going to go bingo on all my shows tonight. So if anyone missed my show in August, I had Carl Williams on, who's the life coach, and we talked about well-being and healthy habits. And I think it having that conversation with him, and he's recommended a couple of books that I've read. I've just finished uh, Four Thousand Weeks, which apparently is the number of weeks that we are generally average alive and it's quite interesting and um one of the stories in it that i quite liked was this guy that was um fishing um and he'd go out and fish and come back and this guy was businessman was on holiday with there and he's like how come you don't fish for very long he's like oh i just catch enough fish to feed my family and then sell a couple and then i go uh have a drink with my mates and then go play with my kids um and he's like, yeah, but if you fish for longer, you could sell more and then you could have more money and then you could get another boat and then then you could buy a factory and and like earn loads of money and and have and then you can retire. And he's like, and then what? And he's like, and then you can go have a drink with your mates and play with your kids. And it's like it's you can work as hard as you want, but essentially you need to consider what the outcome is for that. So we've obviously said that there just isn't enough time on inset to do everything perfectly there just isn't enough kind of time and it's making sure that you don't burn yourself out trying to work into the middle of the night on the first weekend or or working late every single night that then by the time you get to your lessons you're knackered like be as prepared as you can be also kind of think about your habits think about how I mean we've said multiple times really important you feed your teachers (laughs) as uh number one for insert is make sure your teachers are fed um but it is those looking after yourself, making sure you've got like nice, healthy options as well. So you don't want them to have like a sugar low in the middle of your really important bit in the afternoon. Um, and same as, but also they, like the, the little habits, like if you've got a poor attender that's going to struggle to get in the classroom and that's going to make it easier for them, have the book open, have a pen or pencil there ready for them on the book open, like make that first bit of engaging in the lesson easier. And it, and that kind of links back to your kind of thing of that we need to know the students, we need to be sharing these things. And if we work together, we're going to be producing a much kind of easier teaching if we if we all work together as one. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. And I think inset can be that time to develop that or it can be a time to sit and listen to a whole bunch of different amazing things, but not actually have time to embed it. It's yeah, it's a different thing. Should I? Should I? I'm I'm still in Tom's show. Uh, what would you? What would be your room one hundred and one? What would you chuck in out of insets that you would never want to insert ever again about? <laughs> oh, what if if someone asked me to tell the person next to me my deepest darkest secrets so we can get to know each other? <laughs> I, I once got told that, and I think I just stared the person out. Just the person who told me, I just thought no. What if if it's the deepest darkest secret? What makes you think I would love to share it with the people around me? And uh, I think after today, my uh, mine is uh, if I ever hear the word tracking <laughs> again, track me, track me, or no, track the track so and so who's talking now, track them. I I've never heard such a awful word in teaching in my life, and I feel like that was a whole room vibe um, on that one. Um, but yeah, and then what would be what would be your best thing to do on insert? I'm going to go with two. I'm going to be cheeky. Feed your staff and um, get them involved because teachers are generally quite a dynamic lot. And if you want to get the most out of us, getting us involved and getting our brains worrying about how we can put things into practice rather than sitting and grumbling about how it's not going to work, I think you'll get a much better response from people. 
and that's that's a great way as well of of kind of getting people moving because let's face it a whole day like what we're talking five hours sat on really uncomfortable chairs like get your staff moving have activities where they move around swap around seats and like do chat and move because they're going to be more awake and more engaged and I think actually ironically that's something that I spoke on the other show with Carl that like you can work and work and work and work and work and as you get more tired the work quality isn't going to be good it's going to take you longer but actually if you have a little break and then come back to it it's probably going to take you less time and it's it's going to be better quality work so it and I think it's that with inset you can have somebody talk to you and have death by powerpoint for five hours and it may be the most important amazing information and be beautifully presented on slides but if you kind of aren't giving people the opportunity to kind of wake themselves up and engage in it they're not really gonna kind of come away with really great engaging kind of ideas that you they want to take forward definitely well i'm going to take all of this on board because i've got a uh quite like that i'm running later in the year so bringing on all of the tips <laughs> i await the interaction <laughs> just watch there's gonna be people moving all over the place <laughs> <laughs> well I, I do it with my I do it with my students because with art we don't move around very much I do, not so much with the younger years, but more kind of my GCSEs groups I make them wander around I love I love a rally robin they think I'm really random I get them to hold one hand up wander around and then high five somebody randomly and they have to have a chat with the person that they high five but they're not allowed to high five until I say stop so they then have to wander away from their mates um but yeah I think just silly things that can get people mixing around and it, it is that it's like the inset that earlier with it was it was beautifully done that we all mixed about there was the competitive edge um but it was delivered and had a point like really well and I think I think that's the thing it's it's getting you have to mix it up you can't just give all the boring information in one go and you've got to give teachers the time to implement it because once they're teaching like me once I've had my two days of five lessons I'm not going to be able to have time to go back and do that i'm going to be hitting the ground running and i think it's important that we think about the expectations that we give staff and the kind of time that we're giving them um is really important and and can, can we get some more comfy chairs that's all i want can we all come with a cushion can we spend our well-being budget on a cushion so <laughs> like that's what the well-being budget should be sent on everyone having a little cushion and then we'll be well happy or I think uh, one of our colleagues was about to uh, deliver her own Pilates class in the middle of it just so we could all stretch because we're all <laughs> in so much pain. But um, yeah, so I'd definitely put that in in the bucket, some kind of uncomfy chairs they can go out. But um, but yeah, the, the good stuff can stay. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me. And I hope everyone has an amazing year. Um <laughs> I was about to say it will be soon be Christmas, not long. <laughs> um, enjoy your evening. It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. 
Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.